0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Matt, and I am very excited today to have Philippe Ingelbrecht, who is the co-founder and CEO of Tatari. Philippe, thanks so much for joining today.
1: It's great to be here, Matt. Good morning.
0: Good morning. So what we're going to dig into today is how to think about TV as an advertising channel and to think of it more like digital than you probably have thought about it before. This is a, a channel for me that I don't really know much about, so I'm going to learn a ton in this conversation. So why don't I hand it over to Philippe. You can introduce yourself, tell us who you are and and that you're legit and that we're hearing from the right person here, and then we'll go ahead and dig in.
1: Yeah, fantastic. It's, again, fantastic to be here. So yeah, my name is Philippe. My accent is Belgian, in case you wonder. So I grew up in Belgium and. the And then came out here to uh, the Silicon Valley about 20 years ago. My first company was uh, Shazam, the mobile music recognition app, uh, which we eventually sold to Apple. And I also spent some time at a company called Truecar. It's an automotive information site. And we showed what people really paid for their cars. That's actually where I learned everything about TV and TV advertising. that's also kind of where I saw the opportunity to do TV advertising much better kind of in kind of almost like injecting a dose of digital pedigree to it which led to tatari Uh, so i'm currently the founder and ceo of tatari for those of you who are not familiar with us we are a data and analytics company which focuses on buying and measuring tv advertising obviously we do that across both linear and streaming tv
0: awesome so Let's talk about the the topic here. So we have had guests on this podcast that talked about SEO, Facebook ads, all sorts of channels. And we haven't covered TV because it's usually not a like tech forward type of topic, right? It, it feels more like an old school thing. And when we first connected, one of the ways that you framed it was that it's actually a lot more like digital advertising and you could treat it that way, then most people think about it. So why don't we start at the top? Like, what exactly does that mean from your perspective? And then we could talk through maybe some of the myths that are out there around TV. And then after that, we'll dig into some examples and then what it looks like and how someone can get
1: started. TV advertising still suffers a little bit from the, from the stigma of, of wasted spent. Actually, uh, especially here in Silicon Valley, there's kind of like a notion of heresy to it especially by those people who have survived the dot-com bust, right, in the early 2000s. I To be really honest, that's kind of how I, until a few years ago, looked at TV myself. Definitely was not a believer, and it wasn't until kind of my true car experience that I kind of saw the world differently. Just to give you a little bit of background, it's actually, it's a good story. Uh, like many companies, true car kind of pursued customer acquisition primarily via digital channels now back in the day that was still mostly searched but right? there wasn't that much social media yet but if you look at companies today there's a lot of social media facebook in particular and then there's a point in time where you just kind of i wouldn't say run out of gas but you kind of you hit the ceiling right it, it doesn't help to double your marketing spend you know your sales volume may, may not double with it and that's often where tv comes in right it's a, it's a new channel a new growth channel and at True Car, uh, obviously, I you know approached and got into it with a lot of skepticism. And in many ways, actually, my, my skepticism was right. I was almost kind of my, my worst fears around TV advertising it did come true, where we spent a lot of money on that first creative. Uh, we spent a lot of money on that first campaign, millions of dollars, still not understanding what was really going on. The breakthrough did not come from TV people, it actually came from the automotive pricing people are data scientists they're mathematicians statisticians and they obviously they saw the struggles they had a personal interest and curiosity in what was going on right and they asked well can we see the data set why is this that way and and, and so to make a long story short they kind of got the hang of it right the automotive pricing people at TrueCar figured out a better way for measuring tv uh, for what it's worth it truly changed TrueCar's trajectory true car ended up going public. And I had the metrics that Wall Street needed to see because of TV. The bigger takeaway for me was, of course, well, wait a minute. If you do TV the right way, right, and you apply some data science to it, then it does work. And secondly, it can work for any company. Uh, And that led to Tatari, right? So we we also knew that more data sets were becoming available. Uh, We realized that even better methodologies for measuring and optimizing TV were feasible. And so, so we entered the market four years ago and we work with a lot of brands uh, today.
0: Yeah. I, I love that because it seems like it has, like you said, the breakthrough was around data and being really data driven in it. I mean, I've never done TV spend, but my assumption is that in the old school days, it was TV is the way that you do advertising, right? It was just one of the, it was just like the channel that you put money into and it just kind of is what it is and that's how you grew your brand, but it seems like we have made many steps forward and when when I think about how to measure, it seems like there's always going to be some lag time between the tv ad and your ability to know the impact unless you have a thing where someone like texts a phone number or goes to a website right away like can you walk through the measurement of it because that part feels hazy to me
1: yeah 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 and i think it's still hazy for uh, a lot of people uh, because so much of it is new i mean there's things that we are building and publishing today are kind of injecting into our platform which yeah nobody has done today uh like for example measuring TV, not just kind of in a a timeliness like you referred to, and we'll talk about it in a second, but also with notions of view-through versus incrementality, right? Knowing that TV is truly the contributing factor to a sale, or was it just complementary, right? And so the measurement of TV, there's multiple models. The one which is probably the most exciting is actually the use of, let me broadly call it, IP-level data uh, to measure, right? Where we kind of get an understanding of the IP address of where the impression was delivered, whether it was that streaming or linear TV. And we compare that to the IP address of the person who responded to it. Some people react to a TV ad very quickly. It's like in the good old days, right? They dialed 1 800. The majority of the people don't, especially for products with kind of like bigger consideration, right? Like buying a new car or getting live insurance. You don't do that every day. And so by Using IP level data, we can make those matches over time and actually give a very, very good measurement just in the way it's done for digital. And again, coming back to your earlier point, we we do that in general at Atari on a next day basis. So if I actually if I look at the old experience, there are actually still many of the traditional agencies, right? If you run a TV campaign, well, you're gonna throw a few million dollars at it, buckle up. And then, you know, if you're lucky, you're gonna get a spreadsheet back, um, maybe 10, 15 days later with some vague results. And, and so it's so different, right? So at Atari, pretty much all of your bias are measured and reported in, in the dashboard the next day.
0: That's awesome. I, I love that the loop is getting closed faster.
1: It is, and actually, like, I think broadly speaking, and I didn't mean to interrupt you there, but when people talk about TV as an offline medium, I could not disagree more. TV is as online as anything else, right? So let's think about the two worlds of TV and streaming TV, right? And obviously, we all think about Hulu and Roku, but there's so many other fantastic publishers out there, Tubi, Roku, you name it. Well, obviously, we work with those companies where we can see all on an an anonymized basis, of course, where the impressions were delivered. For linear TV, which seems even more offline, well, we work with smart TV vendors, right? Companies like Vizio, they actually, again, anonymously track what d v s were delivered in the households. And based on that, we can then get an understanding in aggregate how well a campaign did.
0: Yeah. And what you're saying in there makes me realize that there's actually way more breadth to it than someone might assume because there are all those streaming platforms, right? Like it's not, it maybe it was and I'm making an assumption here back in the day, it was more like you have a few big players or you play like on a national level or you play locally with some you know, cable providers and whatnot. But now there's the democratization of cable, right? And TV programming. And thus there's more places to advertise and more people to work with.
1: Yeah, the, the, the choices are endless. And I, this is actually maybe a good segue into understanding how data science and technology can be applied in the world of tv advertising we talked a lot about measurement and it's absolutely true the way we measure tv as i kind of just alluded to is just day and night from just a few years ago but actually data science and technology math also comes into play as it relates to the buying process you know 50 years ago or just a few networks that you would buy today we're talking about thousands of cable networks and streaming publishers combined. And if you put this all together, it's a very fragmented world, right? Each comes to the market with its own set of parameters and buying specifications. And so the way in which we can use technology to bring that all together, but then also to get an understanding of the media markets, right? What inventory is available? How much of it is available? What is the pricing? If it's sold on an auction model, what are the clearances in those auctions? So measurement is really only half of the company. The other half of the company is all about buying process, running bid optimizations all day long, making sure that you pay the right price, sometimes more than what the publisher asks or sometimes less. Just making sure that you clear in those auctions. This is not to be forgotten. It's a far cry from how the, the, the traditional agency will run TV, right? They'll collect pricing on a spreadsheet and then, yeah, just hit hit the buy button. So, well, there's not even the a button, but they, you know, they'll, they'll send the facts back and say we're buying.
0: <laughs> right. There's a lot more transparency. In the whole process now it seems,
1: yeah, yeah, we definitely bring that transparency about everything is is uh, again, not to talk too much about the tire, but for example, when the traditional agency will 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 try to hide a little bit what pricing and stuff like that happened, we'll publish all of that in the dashboard. We'll show what bid optimizations we've run, uh, what kind of savings you may have gone from that. it's very different, and again, by the way, it might be very different in the world of TV advertising but it's incredibly close to the world of digital advertising. And that's why I always say it's like, look, our goal is to turn TV advertising into something that feels more like digital, less than TV.
0: So on that note, one of the things that feels different to me when I think about TV versus paid search ads or whatever it might be, or Facebook ads or whatever, is the creative, like the upfront cost to creative in TV feels much higher because then there's these questions of, do I have an in-house team? How do I find a creative agency? Like, can you talk me through what the upfront effort looks like for creative? Because I, I wouldn't even know where to start with that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, and by the way, it it looks very scary, right? Especially when you hear certain brands spending hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions, on a single creative. And so, look, we 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 have clients who have put together creatives for uh, literally twenty thousand dollars. And by the way, not one creative, Matt, but many of them, let's say three or four, and then in a data scientific approach, we're going to test them. And I can tell you that for any company, out of three creatives, the great creative will outperform the good creative with a factor of two. So it is very different, right? Instead of spending a lot of money on one creative, traditional agency will spend very little on multiple creatives and then test. I think there's a beautiful example of that from one of our clients, Calm, the meditation app. They shared this on stage and it's so wonderful. So when they got to TV, even $20,000 or $50,000 felt too much for them. And they literally kind of in post-production put an ad together that was 30 seconds of rain peacefully falling. And some of the people listening to this podcast might, might remember that ad. That ad cost them $200. That ad remained unbeaten by even way more expensive production for months after that. It's fantastic.
0: That's wild. I do remember that. And it was also, it felt so novel. And it's, my guess is that it also outperformed because it felt novel, because it didn't feel like it was this really try hard creative. It just like was, and it was so tied to the value prop.
1: It's a good question. With respect to creatives, uh, if you and I put a creative together, we can we can spend a lot of time on it. We can spend a lot of emotional capital right, on what we think is the best, but ultimately, the market, right, as evidenced by millions of impressions delivered and the responses to that will tell you. Now, having said all of this, look, Tatari is, I always say, we're a quant shop. right? We don't necessarily produce creators. But remarkably, we, we do have an opinion on it, right? If you're a production company, you're making creative and you're very talented and and, and creative, right? But that doesn't necessarily mean that you know, you don't, you, know, you deliver those creatives I and mean, you don't get the feedback loops, right? And we look at feedback loops across hundreds of millions of dollars and, and over 100 clients. And so ironically, when we bring somebody to market, the first order of business is not to talk about instrumentation on site it's not to talk about kpis or numbers it's all about well what are some of the things that we have noticed across all those advertisers in the past that make a tv creative work better or not and so we kind of you know want to make sure that all of our clients hit the ground running or at least put their best foot forward uh, before they even get into tv
0: yep and what i like about that example with calm and and the way that you're framing it here, is that it does seem like there is an opportunity to start with low-cost creative and test it the same way that you would test out low-cost creative on other channels.
1: Yep, yeah. And, and testing is important, right? And and methodologies for testing, those matter a lot too. And again, it's like, whilst it wasn't traditional practice in the TV industry, it is a page that we took out of the digital book. I'll give you an example, right? So let's say that as an advertiser, let's say you're Roman, Row Health, which is one of our clients. And this is just an illustrative example. But let's say that you want to test if NFL, right, football will work for you. Well, that's a very expensive test to purchase a 30-second uh, endgame ad. you know, easily $200,000, $350,000, right? And that's not a test anymore. So how do we go around it? And so there's this tactics that we deploy, right? We might run what we call a fractional test. Maybe we'll buy that ad on satellite. So we only get maybe eight or 10% of the entire country. And of course, pay less than $200,000, but still have enough data to see if that kind of the the fully fledged national buy will work or not. Or we might buy a lookalike audience rather than buying in the game. Maybe we'll buy the post gun airing. And look, it's not the game itself anymore, but still the same audience and at a fraction of the price. And so if we see a strong response there, that gives us a little bit more confidence to eventually buy into those more expensive streams and airings. Uh, It's remarkable to me that sometimes companies go to the Super Bowl with their first TV ads. I think the Super Bowl is actually a potentially great buy, as long as you know, with respect to your audience, your creative, your messaging uh what will work or not. And this can all be tested luckily with thousands of dollars. I would say the the average kind of the the typical Tatari client starting on TV will start with anywhere between fifty two hundred thousand dollars. That's it, depending if whether they go streaming or linear.
0: Yep. So the, all right, this transitions well into my next set of questions here, which is when I think about that price point. And what you had mentioned earlier of how a lot of, or some companies may exhaust their other digital advertising channels. And so they sort of like graduate to TV. Can you talk through like who is a good candidate for TV and when in their life cycle they should start to think about TV, right? If I'm listening to this podcast, I'm wondering, is it time for me to start thinking about TV? Like, is it right for us? Like, can can you walk through that?
1: The short answer is yes. <laughs> uh, the TV is always right. And this is kind of how we started, right? So T- TV still lives a little bit of that aura of big budget brand advertiser, millions of dollars. You made it. And that is not true, right? We just talked about it. You can start a TV campaign with $50,000. Any growth advertiser should TV kind of just next to an adverts campaign, a Facebook campaign, where you're going to start with minimal dollars. So I don't think it's kind of like good to approach TV as like, okay, it's the last the last channel that we'll go into. I, I think you can start it way earlier. And we, we've we had some companies that actually never did any search of Facebook and just plunged into TV with great success. Now, of course, I know that sometimes this might be difficult for people to swallow. So I'll share a quick telltale with you. Anecdotally, when we speak with our clients... TV advertising seems to make a lot of sense for them once they hit two two $250,000 in Facebook prospecting. Facebook prospecting and TV are actually very similar in nature. They're, they're both demand generation, unlike, let's say, search, which is more kind of like demand harvesting. And so at those Facebook spend levels, the chances are that at least at a marginal basis, you can acquire your customers. Cheaper on TV than on Facebook. And I say with margin, on a marginal basis, right? Meaning it's the kind of the cost to acquire that one additional customer, not the average. So for most companies, when we talk to them and they say, look, we've spent $200,000 or a million dollars per month on Facebook, they should have had that conversation with us already to enter TV. And vice versa, we're also very candid if people spend only $10,000 on Facebook, we'll tell them, look, you can start with us now and you'll find success but chances are that you can also kind of squeeze a little bit more juice out of your Facebook campaign.
0: Got it. So, so it is a channel that, you know, you could be thinking about it at any point in your journey, seemingly beyond product market fit, right? Like, you know your audience, you know what the offering is, you've nailed that down and what the value prop
1: is. Yeah. And I, I think this whole, this, this kind of, this concept of when to enter TV is probably more important today than it ever has been. There's a lot happening in the world. Uh, and the impact of coronavirus on the television markets is, is not to sniff at. At a high level, viewership is up, especially in, in streaming TV. I see if people shelter in place. A lot of the traditional TV advertisers have pulled out, either out of fear, right, or out of necessity. If you're a travel company, it's, it's pretty difficult to advertise on TV right now. So in that, you know, more inventory available and lower pricing. And so the opportunity for TV advertising or the timing around TV advertising is stronger today than it ever has been. We've actually also seen quite a few companies' uh, approaches recently, kind of the backlash on Facebook, right? Where, where it's a little bit of an uncontrolled platform and certain brands do want that safety that they can find on TV, which they can't find on Facebook seemingly today.
0: Yep. That makes a lot of sense. So all right, let's say I've been listening to this so far and I'm feel like it's a thing that I wanna investigate. I wanna I wanna start getting into. Like I know that we talked through pieces of the journey of getting started around how to think about budget and experimentation. Like what other things should I know as someone that's entering TV that maybe we haven't covered yet?
1: I would say this. The conversation so far rightfully focused on starting small, right? Low budgets, testing, let's say, uh, publisher networks networks in terms of thousands of dollars, not hundreds of thousands. But I would say this, when you enter TV, you kind of have to go in it to win. I always say to any of our prospective clients, we're having this conversation today, and yes, we're talking about, let's say, a $100,000 pilot budget, but you should reasonably expect and plan to be running a TV campaign at the tune of... 20 to 30 million dollars per year in short order and that's not being arrogant that's not an exaggeration that is truly possible in the world of tv advertising now it does come with a kind of whole different and new skill set right because when we start a client we very much focus on the performance in the campaign right digital like metrics do we have the same cpi uh, cost per install on tv as we have let's say on facebook Or cost per view, do you have the same cost, customer acquisition cost, right? So it's all about performance optimizations and then potentially scale optimizations, right? Because if something works, you just want to do more of it. But eventually there's a point in time where you kind of have to move from kind of that direct response-like performance into brand and brand optimizations, right? Because if you really want to grow your company, you got to find Customers, new customers, it's about reach. And I think it's probably best exemplified with the Super Bowl, right? I think this is true when a brand purchases an ad in the Super Bowl. Well, what do they get? They, obviously, they get 30 seconds in-game, and that's wonderful. But what else do they get? Well, they get 100 million people watching the, the ad in one fell swoop. That's pretty powerful. It's very difficult to find 100 million people just like that. It's a very captive audience. Guys like me watch the Super Bowl more for the ads than the game itself there's a social media amplifier to it before and after the game you can signal prestige and quality so when you do all of this tv advertising becomes so much more than that direct measured response tv advertising starts having a positive impact on everything else in the company your click-through rates on facebook will start edging up certain keywords that weren't profitable all of a sudden do become profitable it's what is generally referred to as the halo effect of TV kicking in. Uh, makes you very legit. People are gravitated to your companies and, and, and in general, let's say your kind of blended sales conversion starts going up. That is the goal that any TV advertiser should have when they get into it. As much as we talked about digital small test, that's the goal we should be working towards. Kind of the old saying, right? You want to land on the moon, better shoot for the stars.
0: Yep. And it does very much feel like when you see a TV ad for a tech company or any company really for the first time and maybe you knew of that company before but you'd never seen ads before it always feels like whoa their brand just got elevated like it does feel like it's a step up on another level than like people kind of wash out when they see paid ads on the side of news articles and all sorts of stuff on digital but when you see a tv ad it really does feel elevated
1: yeah Uh, by the way like those types of what we call brand optimizations, of course, happen in terms of the media that you buy, but also with the creators. And actually, let's go back to the example of Calm. Right? So, so we just talked about Calm, right, where they start with literally a $200 creative in, and optimize and, and, and scale from there. Well, and we actually published on this, but eventually Calm also got into, just let me broadly call it brand optimizations. What did they do? Well, first of all, they have a creative with uh, lebron james that's pretty cool right if you want to be mindful and let me just say it broadly like relaxed in life and you aspire to be lebron james that's kind of a good combination right the other thing they did of course is buy significant media certain basketball games over the holiday season right and so so yeah those spots easily cost a few hundred thousand dollars and yes within a minute they'll see it comes situation something like seven thousand app installed just like that in one minute but the effect of those buys and that type of creative lasted well beyond that one minute for the months after that even with constant budgets they saw their installs and subscribers from tv nicely ticking up that's again that's the brand effect of tv can't do it from day one but it is what you need to plan for. It's interesting, by the way, i just like a small kind of side anecdote. And we haven't talked much about the Tatari clients, right? We have clients in the in the the healthcare space, like a Teledoc or a BetterHelp or a Health. We have companies in the fintech sector like a Dave.com, Aspiration. We also have some clients who've actually been on TV for a long time, certain product clients within Clorox and, and Procter and Gamble. And those companies actually do approach TV differently. They, they just know. They know that TV will work over the long term. They, they, you don't need to teach them anymore about the brand effect of TV. And they'll gladly survive or they, they, they like unwavering survive that almost what I call the nuclear winter where you might spend a lot of money up front and then have to wait months before you see any results. So we do have those campaigns as well. Companies that come to us instantly with you know, what we call kind of like uh, reach buys, brand buys, creating that awareness, creating that consideration. Because they're all too familiar with it and i think it's uh maybe a kind of too a long-winded answer to your simple question what else should you know my second point would be like growth and brand are not that far away from each other smart growth advertisers should realize today that eventually a brand optimization is going to be part of their recipe so yeah i just wanted to add that
0: there's a whole surround sound effect that you get on the if you take a branding angle of it too.
1: Yep. But all measured. So we kind of, you know what you buy, you get the numbers that come with it as we just discussed. So yeah.
0: Yep. So I'm curious about this because you you mentioned earlier that there's the linear TV and then streaming TV. Is there a philosophical difference in the approaches that you would take to those two groups? Or are they like generally the same principles of how you would approach them, but small tweaks?
1: A little bit about it. So first of all, kind of big picture is till a year, maybe two years ago, streaming TV uh, was mostly considered what I would call an accessory to linear, you know, but of course that has changed. The size of the streaming audience has grown a lot. The diversity of that streaming audience has changed a lot. It's no longer kind of like young court cutters living in coastal areas it's really be like anybody any walk of life if you were to express this in kind of demographics like household income and age it's, it's, the, it's the full spectrum and so anybody who's doing tv advertising must do both and the reason i say this with such resolution is the fact that and we measure this using ip level data we can show that the overlap between the audiences is actually limited and so i just do not see how a brand can run a real TV campaign without being in both medium. So if anybody's listening to this and you're doing a lot of linear TV advertising, then talk to us because you should be doing streaming and vice versa. So so that's one. The differences otherwise in terms of measurement are not that much, right? We talked about IP level analysis. In terms of buying, uh, we definitely do see differences. Obviously, the notion of programmatic TV Even if it's still small dollars in the totality of a 70 billion per year market, even if it's still small, um, it it is the future, right? And what do we mean with programmatic TV? It's not so much buying publishers or networks, but it's really buying audiences, right? Using your own data, first party data, or third party data sets to target. And of course, often that comes as a slightly higher price. Often these types of buys are executed in exchanges. Often at a higher price, but in return for that, of course, you expect a better response. So we're definitely very bullish on all things programmatic, which is something you don't, you know, there's attempts to that in linear TV, but I think linear TV or cable networks as we know them today will fade out faster than than, than injecting programmatic into the market for linear
0: So I I have learned an absolute ton so far. Is there anything else that you want to make sure that you leave the audience with that might be considering TV or thinking about it as something for the future or, you know, uh, I'm going to finish this podcast and go email my boss and say, let's explore TV. Like, what else should I walk away with if I'm listening?
1: Yeah, just don't be afraid of it. Just honestly, like, just consider it like any other campaign, like any other marketing channel. Look for people listening. We publish a lot at Atari. Uh, We publish a lot with, with our clients, we share our thoughts on the industries and strategies very openly. We have a section on our site. It's called Insights. Think of it as our blog. Feel free to check it out. There's some white papers there. And that should give you some initial confidence. Uh, and in general, of course, you know, as a, putting my selfish commercial hat on, we'll always gladly have this conversation on a one-on-one basis with any company, right? And, and rather than talking about Atari, maybe kind of like helping them understand their stage in the context of TV advertising and even when it would make sense. So we're always available for that.
0: All right, Philippe, thank you so much for joining. This was great.
1: Yeah, hey, so wonderful to be here. Thank you so much for the opportunity.
0: Absolutely. And for those of you folks listening, if you liked this episode, hit that subscribe button. We got plenty more. If you have any feedback, as always, my email is drift.com. Just shoot me a note for anything at all. And I will catch you on the next episode. Thanks.